Okay, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership What's On Your Mind, a podcast to make you think about your leadership journey by bringing great people on to talk about their experiences and their leadership journey. So today we're speaking to Dave Wilcox. How are you doing, Dave? You okay? I'm good, Stuart. Yeah, very hot, very warm. I'm ready to get out on the golf course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tell me about it. So I know Dave really well, really well. I'm very, I went to university with your good lady and, and I'll leave it at that because I'll get you to introduce yourself. So we've got 20 minutes. Um, first of all, just start off with the people who don't know you. Who are you, where you're at and what do you do? Yeah, so hi guys. Um, I'm David Wilcock. I'm currently the head of sales and development for a um, food group um, in the northwest of England. We manufacture chilled uh, foods and things like that. Um, But that's not really um, what I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, I've had a relatively uh, successful career, shall we say, uh, working for other people. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my experiences of when I got too big for my boots, shall I say, and, and when I thought I could take the world on um, by myself, um, which which is a sort of story that Stuart knows a little bit about and, and certainly knows a lot about the uh, the start and the middle of that process. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk some, something that I've not really spoke about too much, um, but the end, um, what happened at the end and, and sort of how I managed to lead myself and and lead more importantly my family through um the events that unfolded over spring 2019 so i've I've got a history of um family history of business owners and and being self-employed i was sort of the first person in my family if you will to go and be employed by somebody else mum had her own business auntie had her own business uncle had his own business dad was self-employed Grandma had her own business, granddad had his own business, all, all relatively small businesses, um, sandwich shops, market stalls, uh, different bits and pieces of, of things, buffet, catering, a lot of focused around food, essentially. Um, I, I worked um, on the market in Blackburn from being 12 years old, I started at 12 and I was on the market working for the family business for a considerable time, school holidays, uh, went away to college. When I come back from college, I'd, in the holidays, I'd be sort of working on the stall, went away to uni. Um, when I came home, at the weekends, I was working on the stall. So I'd kind of worked on the stall from probably 12 through to 25 on and off. Um, and when I was 25, the, the market was moving. So it was in an old dilapidated building. They were moving it into a brand new building. Um, and basically my mum and my auntie, who had the business at the time, they didn't really want to invest um, and, and move with the new market. So the new, with the new market came sort of new terms and conditions. It was going from three days to five days, various different things. At which point they offered me the business. Um, was it 25? Yeah, 20, yeah, about 20, 24 maybe. I was 24. So they offered me the opportunity to take the business onto the new market if I wanted to. At the time, I was working for Dyson. I was a, an area sales manager for Dyson. So at a 25 grand salary, I had a company car, I had holiday pay, I had sick pay, I got bonuses, I was finished for two o'clock on a Friday on the golf course at three o'clock and I was like, really, do I want to work six days a week, busting my nut on the market? Not really. Uh, so I turned down the opportunity to do that um, and literally from, from day one, I regretted it every single day. So every, every single day that I went 
down to the market, a new market every every weekend with the kids and doing a bit of shopping. You know, I would look at the stall that we were going to have and and sort of you know sort of fantasize about what I could have done with it and 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 it, and it really started there. Uh, I never really let go of that opportunity, um, even though I think it was the right decision at the time. I never really stopped wondering what if. Mm. Um, so it would have been 2016. The market launched um, an initiative for um, new traders to come onto the market. Really good deal. So there was no contracts. It was 50 quid a week, risk-free. They would kit the stall out for you. So if you told them what you wanted to do, they would bring the equipment in. And, and, and basically, it was like a little, they called it an incubator scheme um, for incubating new businesses. I'd, I'd had carved out a really successful career um, in sales, um, working for some really big businesses in food and drink manufacturing and, and sort of got myself um, into national accounts and sales controller level. So I was doing really well for myself. The challenge with that is, is I was... I had ownership of my own profit and loss account. So I would see the amount of money these businesses were making, the amount of money I was making for these businesses. And it was sort of making me really sort of a bit jealous and a bit anxious. And I really wanted to go at it myself and, and have a go at myself. And I kind of sort of thinking I could do this myself. And so the market was sort of doing the deal and, and I was passionate about doing something myself. And, and I kind of have a passion for food anyway. Um, as you know, I was obviously starred in, in Channel 4's Come Down With Me. That didn't really go down. Well. That didn't really go down too well. I still, it's really interesting. I go to meetings now and um, I meet new people and that. And they say, have I seen you on Come Down With Me? Like, yeah, they're like, you were the guy that dressed up as a banana. I was like, yeah, that's me. That's, that's sort of my claim to fame. Um, you realise anyway, how many people watch these programmes, do you, until well, that especially, especially over the last three months. I've been getting random emails on Tuesday mornings from people, um, from buyers and customers saying, have I just seen you on Channel 4? <laughs> but yeah, that's me. Uh, so massive passion for food. Um, uh, and in particular, something I've really got into sort of around that time was barberito, Mexican food and, and, and burritos and that sort of stuff. So decided to have a crack at opening a food stall on the market. Um, Blackburn was missing a Mexican restaurant because we didn't have that as, uh, in Blackburn. So um, drew the idea up, came up with the concept of, of, of basically sort of doing a, a barberito, so a, a little burrito bar. Um, got some good staff in place. I was always going to keep my job to pay the bills. Um, obviously, got a young family and that sort of thing. So I was, I was sort of doing this as, as this was my side hustle sort of thing, if you will. Um, we took the incubator scheme on, on the market. Um, and within four weeks of being in the incubator scheme, the stall wasn't big enough for us. So we went from a, a two-meter stall um, onto a four-meter stall. Um, so we doubled the size of the stall to sort of keep up with, with what the demand for, for Mexican food was. Um, within about six months, um, we'd increased that again to six meters. So we'd, we'd gone from a two-meter stall onto a four-meter stall, um, eventually onto a six-meter stall. And then um, we were getting, you know, we, we were doing really well. We were doing really well. Um, the business was sort of making around about £500 a week. Um, but I'd set the target. What, what I needed the business to do was sort of make £1,000 a week um, because it was always about setting up the business so that I could give up work 
and go and work for that business. And I needed about a thousand pound a week to do that. Um, and then, you know, do a build a franchise model, essentially franchise it out and, and do all that sort of stuff. So it quickly became um, apparent to me that we were only really going to be able to make that kind of money on the market because we only traded at lunchtime. We only really traded well Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, we had a lot of a lot of requests from people for for us to get into takeaways and and that sort of stuff, but we couldn't trade in the evenings because we were on the market. So anyway, the twelve months came up. Um, uh, the market wanted me to take out a five year contract for a stall, a proper stall, proper contract, all that sort of stuff. I'd had a look around in the town centre and actually worked out that um, we could actually get our own shop for less than what it was going to cost for the market stall, um, or at least that's what I thought. Um, so we, we, we ended up, um, put a business plan together, spoke to investors, uh, spoke to the bank, and because of what we'd done in the first 12 months, um, we got money from investors, we got money from the bank, um, and, and I put a good chunk of, of mine and, and, and my family's money into um, taking on a shop, kitting a shop out, and, and opening, um, upgrading us into a Mexican bar and restaurant. Mm. Um, and so that's what we did. Um, we'd had a really successful 12 months on the market um, and, and we moved in. We were due to open um, in December 2000 and November 2018, um, but the build ran late, the build ran over. We didn't end up opening until January of 2000 and, uh, sorry, 2017, November 2017 was due to open. Um, we didn't open until the January 2018, so we missed the Christmas trading. Uh, so the money that we had aside um, to get us through January, February, March that we'd sort of allocated didn't really last because we, we missed out on the Christmas trading. So we sort of started, we sort of almost started with one hand tied behind our back from a financial point of view and, and cash flow. Um, but anyway, we, you know, we, we got going. Uh, we had a really good summer over um 2018 it was a good summer the football was on it was nice weather and, and the business was was doing relatively well um but then we, we had a period of um rent free from the landlord we had a period of reduced business rates we had some incentives from the council on various different bits and pieces um which ran out in in october of 2018 um and, and then basically all those overheads hit me like a an absolute steam train um they didn't come out of nowhere because i obviously knew they were coming um we just didn't quite get where we needed to be in order to absorb all those costs some of some of our suppliers and creditors were flexible with us some weren't um so we, we traded through christmas into to january um it was a difficult time but we got through um, and, and then January, February was just a car crash. Um, we started losing money January, February, sold sold the family home, which my wife wasn't too happy about um, in order to release some equity to put into the business. Because I really believe that if I could have just got us through the winter, um, we, you know, I, I could have made it work. And I think this is where it, it all started to go wrong and, and my ambition and, and my belief in myself and my belief in my abilities um, became somewhat distorted. And we'd put so much money into it, it's a case of where do you draw the line? Well, we've, we've lost 20,000. If I put another five in, we might get that 20 back. Right, we've lost 25,000. Well, if I put another 10 in, we might get that 25 back. 
Um, and, and fortunately for me, there's a lot of other things that went on. Fortunately for me, um, the landlord um, essentially pulled the plug on us. Um, I probably would have kept spending as much money as I possibly could have done to try and make it work. Um, but the landlord served as notice because we were behind on the rent. Um, so at the end of March, essentially, we had to vacate the business. Um, we had to vacate the premises. And I was sort of in denial about it all. Um, creditors chasing us for money, various different things, sort of April. April and May of last year were, were very, very difficult for me. I was, I was in denial about the whole thing. We had the bailiffs, you know, were coming round to the house. We had the car lifted off the drive, um, you know, proper, proper real stuff. You know, the kids are in tears. She was in tears. I was in tears. It was, it was, it, yeah, it was absolutely insane. Um, I thought I'd failed as a human being. I thought I'd failed as a partner. Uh, I thought I'd failed as a father. Uh, I was putting the kids to bed at night and, you know, I was, I was, I was almost crying um, because I, I just, just, just looking at the innocence in the face and, and sort of thinking to myself that I've ruined their entire life. What, what have I done? You know, we, we've, we've lost our house. Um, we, we've got no money. Um, you know, we're going to be on the streets. What, you know, what the hell have I done? How has it come to this? You know, we had everything. We had a relatively perfect life before I started the business in my wife's eyes. Um, and, and yeah, and, and I think, did I ever think about taking my own life? I don't think I got quite there, but I was almost there. I mean, I, 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 I didn't feel like I had any worth. I didn't value myself. Uh, I didn't value my existence um, on the planet. I didn't value my benefit to anybody else um i thought that, that that all i would all i were doing was 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 ruining other people's lives um and and i, I genuinely did start to believe that the world was going to be a better place without me i was in for well over 100 grand in terms of credit five-year lease on the shop you know and, and all that sort of stuff um luckily none of it was in 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 becky's name and in my wife's name everything was me but i pg'd the kitchen fits out, I PG'd the lease, I PG'd the loan off the bank, because I genuinely didn't believe the business could have gone wrong. Um, and I thought, well, if, if my friends who were investing believe in me, the bank believes in me, then nothing can go wrong. So I was just signing these PGs left, right and centre, not really thinking about the consequences. And, and yeah, you know, the bailiffs came round, they lifted the cars off the drive and the, the whole shooting match um, happened. And, and, and I didn't really think there was any way out of it. Um, and I got, I got speaking to somebody on LinkedIn, actually, who, who sort of said to me, um, I, was, I was in a real bad sort of shape and, and that sort of thing. And I was sort of saying that about failure and these things. And, and he said, it's only money. What have you done? You haven't killed anybody. You haven't taken anybody's life. You haven't broken the law. You've just lost money. You can get more money. The people's money that you've lost will get more money. Don't worry about it. And for some reason... My dad told me that, Becky told me that, my grandma told me that. I didn't listen to any of those guys, but this random stranger from LinkedIn who I'd never spoken to before, I actually listened to what he said. Um, and it was then that I went through the process of an IVA. The IVA didn't work out for us because it wasn't worthwhile doing because the debt was just so much um, that actually I was better off going bankrupt. Uh, so 3rd of July last year, declared myself bankrupt. And it was unbelievable everything just went away everything 
Mm. The bailiffs couldn't come around anymore. The debt went away, and and I was working with the receiver. And don't get me wrong, I'm, you know I've got to pay money, um, but the money that I've got to pay is fair. It's what I can afford. It's what the family can afford. Because I was sort of thinking, if we went bankrupt, you know, we'd be living on the streets, or there'd be the five of us living in a one-bed flat, and and all that sort of stuff. And 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 it was unbelievable that that the the positive change that that sort of they had literally overnight. I went from sort of being in about one hundred and thirty-five thousand pounds worth of debt to owing nothing. Now there's significant consequences to going bankrupt, and it's not for everybody. And it's going to be on my credit file for the next five years, and I can't get a mortgage. Uh, luckily, everything was in my name, um, which means that next month, hopefully, touch wood, my wife and I will be exchanging on a family home because we've managed to get a mortgage in her name. Um, and, you know, we, we, we'll have everything behind us. Um, but, but it was really interesting that um, the, the ease in, in which, and, and the, when I started talking to Barclays about the money, when I started talking to the, the landlord about the money, when I started talking to the receiver, the official receiver about the, the money, it all becomes so much easier. Everybody understands the position that you're in. People can't take from you what you don't have. Mm -hmm. So they can't put you in jail. They can't take your life. They can't take your family. They can't take your friends. So I just, I just wish that I hadn't buried my head in the sand for sort of two months. I wish I'd have dealt with it in, in March when, when the business went under. Um, because I think I would have saved myself a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and I think I would have saved my family a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. But I think there's going to be a lot of business owners out there at the minute with everything going on in the world whose business might well go to the wall through no fault of their own, um, who, who might be looking at plowing even more money into the business to try and save it, get it through the next three months, get it through the next six months. And I think what I would say to those business owners is to, to be to be a true entrepreneur, to be a true business person, to be a true leader, you've got to know when to quit as well. You've got to know when you've failed. Mm. So it's great being successful, but part of being successful is knowing when you're failing and, and recognizing when you're out of your depth and when you need to bring in outside help, whether that's an accountant, whether that's the receiver, whether that's administrator, all those different sorts of things. There's loads of help out there. It isn't the end of the world. I will have another business. I will be successful one day. Um, so it, it's, it's unbelievable where you can get to when you deal with your problems. Mm. And, and I really did think the entire world was falling apart. I was ashamed. I, I'm, I've gone from being... This is the first time I've spoken openly really about, about the bankruptcy and a lot of my friends are probably going to find out by listening to this podcast that I went bankrupt because it wasn't something that I shared. It was something that I was ashamed of. Mm. Essentially, I think a lot of people are ashamed of it because it's, it's, it's the ultimate failure, isn't it? Um, it's, that, um, it's that label of bankruptcy. It's the label of failure and, and what a great journey and story to but again to look outward and look back in and take a different perspective is great saying about having that other person 
that was outside your circle of influence to actually make you realize that it's insane and, and i think that the, the label's one thing and I, th I think listen it's no badge of honor don't get me wrong but i think there's a lot of great people that say you know better to have tried and failed than to have, have never tried and and having my own business was an itch that i needed to scratch so I was always going to do it at some point. Um, and, I, and I look at it now, um, I'm going to finish work today and, and I'm going to go home. I'm going to have tea with my three beautiful children, my wonderful wife. I'm going to go down to the golf club. I'm going to play golf tonight. And, you know, what, what, what couldn't anybody love about that life? And you think about, I've been bankrupt. I've had a failed business. I got it horribly wrong for a significant amount of money. Um, I came out the other side of it because I dealt with it. Mm. I faced up to it. I dealt with it. I took the right advice from the right people. And 12 months on, I'm not living the dream. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I'm, I'm certainly at the very least back where I was before I started the business. Yeah. Awesome. So I don't know whether you heard, but that was the 20 minute buzzer. That was, it was almost like we planned that. That was a great. So, Dave, just initially, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that story. I, I was a little bit like, I wanted you to come on because I think it's, and it, like you said, it, it's relevant right now. Um, Matt, who was on a couple of episodes ago, um, talks about getting ahead of issues, realizing there's something there. Yeah. Um, so, thank you so much for coming on and, and, and telling us that story. And um, your um, LinkedIn is going to be in here as well. So, if anybody resonates with that or wants to reach out and speak to Dave, he's quite happy to have a message, have a, have a chat because it's that thing, isn't it? It's that label that people don't want to talk about it, but it can massively yeah, help. That, that's the big thing. And the, the big thing for me, what I would say to your listeners and anybody listening to this who is going through this or any other problem is I found it, I found it incredibly easier to speak to a random guy on LinkedIn who, who had posted about bankruptcy and I messaged him and I just said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in the shit. I want to know how you got through it. And I'd never met the guy before. Um, and, and I had two 30 minute conversations with him and I opened up to him in a way that I'd not opened up to anybody else before because I was so ashamed. Didn't even speak to my wife about it. I think sometimes it's really, really easy to speak to a stranger. Um, and it's even easier to speak to a stranger who's had similar experiences. So the, the LinkedIn profile will be in the, the bio. Um, anybody feel free to contact me at any time. I'm more than happily uh, speak to anybody about my experiences. And, and listen, I'm no professional when it comes to dealing with that sort of thing. Um, but I've, I've, I've been through the mill. I've been there. got a young family. So, you know, I, I, yeah. Awesome. So, David, what I'll also do as well, I'll, I'll put some links to some places that you can go and ask for help as well. Um, I'll have a look at that. And between us, we'll put some links in there as well. Yeah, so, yeah, Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe, hit the bell button. It tells you when the next episode is coming out. But every Wednesday at six o'clock in the morning, there'll be another episode coming out of Hashtag Leadership, What's On Your Mind. If you're watch, listening via your podcast provider, make sure you follow, hit us a, a review and pass it forward and, and share these episodes. So leaves me to say thank you again, David. I'll see you again soon, fingers crossed. And, um, and see you next week, guys. Bye. Peace, Stuart.